It's Brooke Casanova here on the After Success Podcast. I talk to and interview conscious high achievers about lessons they learned behind closed doors that most don't know, about what happened after they hit their big success. We discuss frameworks for how to answer the looming questions like, what's next? And how do we navigate these massive transitions in our lives? What identity reinvention looks like? and how to build a legacy through your unique gifts in your second act. My goal, my friends, is to help you, one, feel like you're in good company and learn how to co-create a new tribe of deep connection in your life, two, step out of the disorientation you may be feeling, and three, flood you with frameworks for how to generate new vision and creativity in your everyday life again. This is the After Success Podcast. You know what's funny, right? Like I've had lots of transitions. I like mm. to call them transitions. Sometimes you call them sliding doors moments, p- points where you could have gone one way or the other way. And, you know, if I look back and think, you know, did I choose the right the right direction? Well, yeah, I did because I'm here where I am now. Who knows mm. where I would have been? But each of those inflection points was a kind of thermostat moment. You know, that the concept of you've got to push yourself out of a comfort zone. Right, And that often means that you have to think about things differently. And a lot of that is questioning kind of your beliefs, values, those sort of things, the way you operate. And what I've come to learn from myself uh, going through those different points, which I'll get into a bit more more detail, uh, but also looking at the people that I work with, uh, clients that I've had also working in private equity, is that the people who become very, very successful in business, the ones that really transition through the various stages of an entrepreneurial journey. It's not so much about the skills that they learn. That's part of it. It's about the mindset that they develop. And Mm. it's about the identity of who they feel they need to be to take the business and that success to the next level. And that, Mm. that for me has been crucial. And I'll just finish by saying this, that I went from, you know, personal trainer, entrepreneur, gym guy, right, mm-hmm. to, you know, corporate guy working for News International and Rupert Murdoch, you know, buying companies and doing stuff like that, uh, leading huge teams and businesses in this corporate space, then going to New York and working for Getty Images and doing something like 40 acquisitions there, Wow. then into private equity. And then the biggest transition was, was after the sale of Ascend Learning when I decided to kind of go back more into entrepreneurship and do what I'm doing now. Mm. So each of those points... Uh, was a was a moment for me to have to think about who do I need to become mm. to be successful in those points. Yeah, I, I think of it through sort of a push versus pull, mm. right? And in my world of of doing transactions, you know, M and A, um, a lot of the time when a deal falls through, it's not because the business was bad or anything like that, or the market was poor. It's usually because the seller gets cold feet. And it comes back a little bit to this identity piece again, because particularly oh, if someone's had a business for 20 or 30 years, right, their identity is woven, you know, mm. within the whole fabric of the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you haven't got something that's pulling you into the future, right, to your point around vision, I call it a compelling future or a next act, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. If you haven't got that, you know, this is what I'm going to do next, right? Mm-hmm. This is who I'm going to be, who I'm going to become. This is the, if that's not pulling you, Right, really pulling you to the point where you can't wait to get to it. Mm-hmm. The risk in my world is that you won't make the transition, right? You mm. won't make that step, mm. right? But the other thing I found that's interesting is the people who do, right? They sell their business. They might make 
you know, $100 million, right? Crazy amount of money, right? More money than you'll ever spend in your life and you can invest that and become a billionaire if, you, if you're clever, right? But they, they get super depressed. Hmm. Like super, super depressed. Like to the point where you think, and no one, no one can understand it, right? Because like, well, hold on, you've just made all this money, yep. right? You, you never have to worry about, this is the goal you've had forever and now you're depressed. And some people, dare I say it, you know, commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And you've got, to, you've got to unpack that a little bit and say, what the hell is going on here? Well, what it really comes down to is they haven't designed that next part of their lives, mm. right? So vision, to your point, super, super crucial. Um, around that, you know, the environment that you want to be in, the people that you want around you, right? All those things come into it. Because what I find also is that when someone sells a business, it can be very lonely mm. because if they are suddenly ultra high net worth or, or high net worth, they've got different circles that they need to hang around. Some of their old friends don't know how to talk to them anymore. Yep, yep. So all that stuff comes into play. The ones who go deeper into the hole, the ones who live still in this fixed mindset, but mm -hmm. the ones who have the growth mindset, the ones that do exactly what we're talking about backwards and forwards here, are the ones that go on to have another 10, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is of their life, and it ends up being the best yeah. you know, points of their life. And what happens then to some extent, maybe consciously or unconsciously, is you start to make decisions which are based on zeros and not on the things that really drive you. Wow. The largest amount of, of kind of firing of people that I've been involved in is 600 in one sort of hit. Wow. Right, which is literally turning up to an auditorium where everyone's sitting there and if you go left, you get a certain letter, you go right, you get a certain letter. Yeah. What I realized was all those entrepreneurs that I was screwing over for the private equity firms were just like my dad. Mm. And I was getting paid off the back of trying to effectively rip them off. And I use a concept now, you know, in my business now about are you the prize or the prey? Because I was mm. paid on, on buying businesses that were the prey. And he says, I want you to go to a Tony Robbins event. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to a Tony Robbins event. How <laughs> No way. Who are like I, you? What are you inviting me to, you psycho? Like weird, that weird dude with a massive head and hands. I mean, what? Mm. So everything everything in private equity is head. Mm -hmm. Right? It's logical. It's mm -hmm. it's it's all there's no heart. There's no mm -hmm. there's nothing else. That's why there's no you know, you know, back to the, the the concept of significance and contribution. Everything's about significance. Everything's about getting your energy from other people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, winning. Mm -hmm. And I learned that there was another way. And there was a mm. quote that I learned, which which is a you know a very um, often used quote now by Zig Ziglar, which is, you know, you can have everything that you want in life if you just help enough people get what they want and need in life, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And that one quote honestly changed my whole trajectory. Mm. I, I changed a belief that day, and when I came back, I said, "I'm going to quit private equity," not straight away because I was making too much money, so I had to be strategic about how I did this. But I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try and tell my story and I'm going to try and help people. And I didn't even know who I was going to help at this point, mm. but I realized that I had to do something. And then within 12 months of that decision, I was exiting private equity, got fired. Actually, it was good fun. Uh, <laughs> I'd started the podcast already mm. and it was getting traction. It went to like number one in the business charts in the UK. And I started to get people coming to me saying, can you help? Can you do stuff? And off the back of that, I, I created what I've now created. And four or five years later, it's, it's perfect. 
Napoleon Hill said, quote, in every instance where you find a man or a woman of outstanding achievement, that's you, by the way, in any calling, you will find that they have been a success as a result of a mastermind alliance, unquote. Friends, we all want the Mastermind Alliance experience in safe spaces, especially after we've experienced success. After all, relationships are what got us here today. So for any of you who are in the thick of your after success story, your second act is trying to be figured out and navigated, and you desire help with new pivots, new identity, and a new level of contribution with a new tribe of relationships, I invite you to apply for The Last Mastermind. The Last Mastermind is hosted by myself, Brooke Casanova, and it's a three-day in-person experience where you experience a collective genius that helps you uncover your purpose, create your highest contribution, and experience deep connection. You can apply at thelastmastermind.com today.